1: Middle cop! Hey B. Habes!
2: Alright. Closing out the week with a big, a big, big, big meaty, meaty, meaty pod.
1: Trades, star
2: quarterbacks. This is good stuff right here,
1: Middle Cough. Even though I never heard it when uh, we recorded it, I, I do just miss the thought of Sledgehammer. <laughs> <Da-da. Yeah.
2: laughs> I know. I love knowing that it just—it's just hitting, and somebody's like a Nissan Altima.
1: I, I, what's funny is I had—I had a buddy that I DM back and forth with was like, you know, why don't you guys just? It can't be that expensive. I'll look into it for you. I'm like, I have Peter Gabriel. He's like, who, who? What was the song? Like Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Like you know, these things. These people pay thousands upon thousands, yeah. of, thousands of dollars for licensing. Has he looked into it yet? Yeah? Uh, well, he put LOL. He's like, I didn't realize it was him. But,
2: <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, we just our goal here is to meet with Peter and um, maybe work something out, work out a
1: little trade. Yeah. What what would you guess the licensing of it? If you just had to I mean guess, obviously we've never I, done I'm guessing $25,000 a year is what you pay in a membership. I have no idea. And then you can just stream as much as you want. Yeah, that'd be but
2: but if but I, you know, we're just one if we were a radio station, maybe it's more I, going to the website ASCAP,
1: ASCAP uh, oh that's how you find out how much a song is?
2: No, no, no. I don't I don't I, I don't even know. I just know radio stations, like you know, sports talk radio stations, for example, pay a fee so they can use real music coming back from fabric. Yeah, it's like a licensing group. It's one of the gotcha. li- there's a couple license big licensing groups that have like, you know, the library and whatever. Gotcha. Uh but I don't it might be more than that, honestly. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh DraftKings is underway, so everybody in our 100 person game. Good luck to you. My uh, sucks. By the time you're listening to this, you might be dead in the water with your team, but uh, we're going to, we're not going to do a mailbag today. Today was a busy day for both of us, so we'll try and get it in. Middlecoff had some golf this morning, so we'll try. <laughs> I got a golf list, <laughs> uh, So we'll try and get it in. We might do one Friday. We might even do a live stream Friday morning on our YouTube page, so just keep an eye out for that if you're listening to this before Friday morning. We're moving some uh, – got a lot, a lot of pieces to move around the deck here, John, but uh. – Leave yeah. a you still got a few, you can leave a question on the iTunes is what we're getting at. Yeah. Leave a review.
1: Leave a review, leave a question. Did you say someone left a little two-star? Yeah, they were mad we talked about too much golf, they said.
2: Yeah. So I when I was the in the car driving back
1: day. from my golf lesson, <laughs> I had Russo on. Yeah. And Russo's show opened, and his opening of the show is like, if you were looking, I can't do a Russo, but
2: yeah, if you're looking everybody,
1: yeah. everybody. Reaction to the NBA All-Star Snubs. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> I will not mention that one time today. And then he went into something about the NCAA tournament or something. But, you know, I can't – sometimes you just like what you like, and there are things that maybe you want to take on LeBron. I don't give a fuck right now. I mean, I don't – You don't mean don't Russo, know Russo
2: talking Aussie Open?
1: No, he was like – it, it turned out Kenneth. in his, in his uh, contract that he claims he's never looked at a contract in his 65 years of life that he has to do four podcasts, and one of them – they're doing like a deep dive on the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and he's using some of those old coaches from like the SACC, you know, Beheim's kind of age group, but they're not coaching anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was going to go in some rant about something about how the tournament got. I don't even know. <laughs> he was adamant though. He was not going to mention the NBA all-star game, which in fairness, like <laughs> which I don't give a, sh- I used to care about game. that and I can't care about that. And I saw a good tweet from Gottlieb. Remember, none of these players wanted to go, and now they're all up in arms about the about the All Star game. Which is it?
2: Of course, I thought that I didn't know they wanted to go again. Now I thought they didn't want to go.
1: Well, they don't want to go, but once you once you pick the teams, you know people get very very sensitive for sure.
2: All right, should we talk about the stuff that's happening today, right now? Let's do it. Okay, Adam Schefter, uh, guest of the show, tweeted this. John, friend of the show. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade. His agent Mark Rogers told ESPN Wilson has told the Seahawks that he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. We'll get specifically to the Raiders part of this later, but this partly a reaction to the big article in the athletic that didn't look good
1: for him. Didn't look great for Pete Carroll. Just didn't look good for anybody. I think this is a tough... Did you see the video of that MMA guy fighting the Oklahoma wide receiver and kicking yeah, the crap out of him? You're damn right I did 13 well, times. I, I, I think Russell is the ultimate politician. And anyone that watches him all the time in Seattle and obviously people on the national level, just a little cheesy for me. And that's, I separate that from the player, right? The The player is extra, is incredible. Yeah. I, I think he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen. The, the shtick... I'm not even talking the Go Hawks. I'm talking just the, the all the BS. Just be a fucking human, and we can argue all day long. Is that him? Is it not? I don't know. Can I interject
2: before you make the rest of your point? Because I think it's a really good point. I asked somebody ahead. who used to play with him,
1: and I said, "What's the deal? Like,
2: is he disliked or is he just not loved? You know, like there's a difference." Yeah. And he said, "He said I don't know how it is now because he's really blown up." He said, "When I was there, everyone respected him because he worked hard, but he was just a really hard guy to connect with because you didn't know if it was real." Sorry, keep yeah. going. So, so,
1: it, so it could be a little... Could it be fake or could that just be who he is? Like, did you read the GQ article with Ciara? No. <laughs> well, I, the only reason I did is because I saw people tweeting about it and it was outrageous. And then you read it, it was like, they gotta be together when he's when he's getting a massage for his Thursday game and she's holding his hand. It was just stuff that Big Cat had a good rant on it. Like, you're telling me he's never like farted and, you know, they laugh. It's like, be a human. And... <laughs> I think the problem is like Deshaun Watson is kind of being a human. Did you see the tweet today? He met with David Cully like did. last week yep. and said, I am not playing for you. And it's like, you know what? The guy is just being a human. Russell's like, you know, guy, if I was going to kick your ass, I'd hit you with a bat in the back of your kneecap. Or we could hug and shake hands. It's like, Russell, just say you want fucking out. Or just make take a stance. Like he's he's trying to play. And the athletic article is really good. I mean, he is a little over the top right now in like a PR campaign. And I, Seattle's in a tough spot, right? They're kind of in no man's land. Of course, they don't want to trade the best player in the history of their franchise. I don't know that happens to play quarterback, but clearly it's like, well, this guy's getting a little bit of a pain. He walks into these personnel meetings. He thinks he's you know, uh, Ron Wolf. And it's like, okay, Russell, who are your top 10 players? It's, it's easy for all the like pro player guys. Like he just wants things done. Well, like what, like, what do you want to do? You want this player? Well, he costs X, right? We can't get Trent
2: Williams because we're paying you 15% of the cap.
1: Yeah. We don't have any fucking money, Russell. So it's like, okay, you want these drafts? Like I would say, and we've talked about this before. I've always looked at, we make fun of John for trading down. He has traded a lot of picks for players. I, don't, do not you view Seattle I, – I would encompass this baseball, basketball, and football as one of the more aggressive organizations in sports since Russell's been there. Uh, yep, I, I do view them that way. Like a top 8, 10 organization of just – I'm including all three major sports of just like they are not afraid to take massive swings. Yeah, definitely the swings. You know, it. it there are some threads here that
2: feel like the frustrations and the situation with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers a couple of years ago when it was like it just – they're never getting them any weapons. They're never getting them any they've, weapons. They've They're done it twice, guys. Percy
1: Harvin and, and Jimmy Graham, it didn't work, but it's like they took huge swings. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying Seattle
2: is more aggressive than even Green Bay has been in that regard, right, when it comes light, to getting their star quarterbacks, Weapons, sure. and yet we're kind of... So it's like, well, it's not about weapons. It's about protecting them. Okay, well, I mean, it's about the offense they were on. It's about, it's about this, like, fundamental... The other push and pull of that article was... Pete Carroll has a fundamental philosophy about how to play football. And there's this theme, like this feeling like Russell wants to be great, but he also wants to be a star. And, you know, those things don't necessarily have to be separated, right? Brady became a star because he was great, not because he was a star.
1: You've read the book, right? Which book? Parts of it? (laughs) Pete's? I have read parts of Pete's book, yeah. Wasn't a big thing is when he got fired from the NFL before he ended up in USC – was it that he met with John Wooden? Was that the guy, or whoever he met with was some famous? I thought coach that told him you have to be true to yourself, and that's where Pete just like, I'm me. I'm an always compete, energetic guy. Double down on that, and it's yeah. worked.
2: Yeah, yeah. But and, part of, I, but part of the athletic article is like, well, but you you know you have your kids around, and no one can really tell you what to do, and. It, are we really always compete? Just if we're presenting the other side. That was part of what the athletic arm Yeah, I mean, his,
1: one of his kids, like, disappeared and then came back. Well, he was mad because his role had been... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was separate from the kid that's now at Arizona, right? Yeah, it's a different Nolan kid. Nolan and that, Brennan. Right. Which which I get. And I Listen, there are two truths to this. I think there... I would imagine it's somewhere in the middle. I would imagine Russell has a lot of valid points. I think anyone listening to this if you've ever worked for anyone and that's ultimately kind of Russell even though Pete still works for someone else he is a very very powerful boss and the dynamic is there Russell ultimately answers to Pete there is a dynamic where Russell who is you know one of the most talented guys in like league his i mean his talent is immense thinks he's right on 100% of the things Pete thinks he's right on 100% of the things they probably meet somewhere in the middle i do think and we can relate we've been through a pretty Contentious breakup. And I don't compare it to because Seattle. Not with each like, other
2: with our radio station. Yeah, with our radio station and Mark was John not was successful. the contentious
1: one. Yeah, but it wasn't like we were at WFAN and I wanted out. We were at a thing that was going yeah. into the ground and we got out. Yeah. So Seattle. Well, the they were up. They're, they're having success, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Well, they had to pay, they had to pay of, us I mean, to go away. They, they
2: that's right. They uh they're having success by a certain standard, but not by the standard that you know, they kind of set for themselves when we went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, right?
1: But part of that, I think they'd look back and go, well, Russ, you were way cheaper. Our team was way better. Sure, sure. (laughs) I mean, I I just, honestly, it feels like Russell's over Pete, and in a weird way, Pete and John maybe over him a little bit. Here's the one thing. But you can't be the
2: guys that traded Russell Wilson. But can you? Well, I mean, hold on. You can be, but it's... Even if you don't love him, you're still like I, he is the quarterback, and that's kind of a big deal on an NFL team.
1: I was driving the. I was driving within the last couple of weeks. I forget who said it. Might have been on NFL radio. It someone had said that back when Paul Allen was alive and like really healthy. So for the probably the first, if John Schneider's been there ten or eleven years, you know, eighty percent of it. After every single game. John Schneider had to write a report to Paul Allen on every single play. I mean, it was pretty crazy, but it, I think a lot of people saw Paul Allen and been like, you know, just the richest guy in the league, but just kind of cool to work for. I think, he, and I know Coward, who's pretty tight end up there too, said that a huge void since Paul has died that Pete's power has grown exponentially because there's there ain't no more reports being written. Like, because the, the sister, I think, Or the daughter, whoever's now in charge does not give a shit about football or know anything. And I think Russell's probably looking. He's going unchecked. And I think John Schneider gets kind of tied into this. One, Russ, John was the guy that loved you too. He doesn't have any juice. Like, he ultimately answers to Pete Carroll, who makes like $13, 14000000 million a year. Makes a ton. And I think he's worth it. He's the best coach in the history of their franchise. And Russell's the best quarterback in the history of their franchise. Isn't this kind of normal? Like... They've had a decade long run and they just start butting heads. Like, big egos, big money guys. Like, let's not act like Pete's the village idiot, which I think Twitter can act like and anyone that's pro player is going to act like. The Pete Carroll that I've watched for two decades kicks the shit out of people, right? And he's better with Russ, just like Russ. I'd say, hey, Russ, you could have gone to a lot of crappy places and not become what you became. Like, you should, which it's harder the bigger you become, realize, like, this has been a pretty good deal for me, right?
2: yes, the question, to, you win,
1: you, you, you're not trying to win, you win,
2: well, no, but then there becomes the why do we win, do we win because of me and lose because of you,
1: right, because that's, that's what it feels like both of them, well, think. when we won the biggest, here's what I'd say if I was Pete, when we won the biggest back-to-back Super Bowls 1-1, it was because we were the number one defense in the league, what am I, what am I Russ, oh yeah, I'm a defensive guy, what are you Russ, oh yeah, you're the quarterback, remember when you used to hand it off a lot, and I'm not trying to be anti-Russ. I like Russ. But I think there's a push and pull with this, and I can I know social media is going to lean with Russ. And he's you always lean with the good player, and I'm not pro-trading players away, but I think that we just act like it'll become Seattle's The Village Idiots really fast, and that's just bullshit. I mean, you and I, living in this area, I've had a front-row seat watching this franchise, seen them live countless times. Like, they are a big-boy operation, and it ain't just Russ. Like, they have an el- Elite coach might be strong, but he's damn good, and their GM's damn good. Like they, they, they what are they? Would you say over the decade of the two thousand tens? Patriots would clearly be one. I, I think they would be in the running for the number two. Yeah, Saints right? would be in the conversation, right? But they've been to two Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, one one. You know? Saints didn't win one. Packers maybe. Like it's it's a short list. They're on it. Yeah, and their floor is is really high. That's the other
2: thing with them. Is like they never look like even when they're struggling, they're a potential playoff team, right? So their standard has never dropped below let's make the playoffs. Like not making the playoffs is an absolute failure. Even losing in the first round is a failure for them,
1: which is yeah. a testament to how high they've raised the bar. But like, for example, when they trade two ones and a two to get Jamal Adams, the thing with football I mean, all three sports are—you know—the three major sports are team sports. But in football, there's like offense, defense. So it's like I think Russ would go, "Well, it doesn't help me out. What well, helps the whole thing out, right?" Yeah, I mean, watch, that, look at the Bucks. But isn't that like, do, does Pete and John get credit for doing that? Like, isn't that a big swing? I haven't even mentioned that.
2: You're saying like, from Russ, does Russell give them credit for that? Yeah, it's like, hey, thanks for getting us. He might have wanted Jamal Adams. He might have been like, "Yeah, finally, you did something I said to do." <laughs> right? I don't but know. That's but one like, oh yeah, Russ, well, thanks but, for. That. Yeah, but but. You know, I also think if we, you investigated any, if you investigated any football team to this depth, you'd find all kinds of stuff. The question is, what ultimately happens? Can they figure it out, or it, or are both of them going to go? Well, now it's kind of out there. It makes it a little easier. Does the Seahawks think now that it's out there, it makes it easier for them to do it? You know, the idea well, that see, the team. I
1: take it. I think Russ wants it out there, so it makes it easier to break up. I think Russ wants a break. Yeah, up, don't but, you?
2: Well. I mean, yeah, I do, ask his- because there's no question where he would go next. They would have to treat him very differently than where he is now. But I also think he wants, to, it, it, the, he wants the worst case scenario here to be that he stays and they have to listen to him, right? Because they have to really do some hard introspection and think about, do we really want to trade Russell Wilson and come back and decide that, no, we don't. Now, the one thing he does, if you want it out, Saying I want to go to the Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears doesn't really help you get traded, especially the Saints.
1: Are they really going to trade him to Sean Payton? Well, they have, one, they have no money, so they'd have to cut guys. Two, their picks, once they got them, I think we'd all expect those picks to just be in the 20s moving forward, right?
2: Yeah, so you're not setting yourself up to get moved there, even though uh, can't guard Mike, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, posted on Instagram a photo of him and Russ from the uh, Pro Bowl. Uh, and the, the Bears thing... I mean, the Bears would happily do it, but again, you're going to trade them within your conference when you think you can win conference championship. Same for the Cowboys. Now, the Raiders, on the other hand, and we'll get to what the Raiders would have to pay. Like, that would make me think if I were the Seahawks because you could get Derek Carr and all the stuff that that athletic article said they hate about Russ would be stuff that they love about Derek. Derek would be like, yeah, no, let's run the ball. I don't want to turn it over. Let's, I'll be coachable. I'd love to play. Derek would love to play for Pete, I think. Uh... Now, I don't think he'd want to leave the Raiders, but that one does make you think. But to me, Russ didn't give them that many teams that they would really trade him to. That's why I'm a little skeptical that that's what he really wants.
1: Yeah, I I would tend to agree, but I, I don't think players think like that. Players aren't. This is where I think the my pushback is. Like He's not consumed with the cap. He's not consumed with who's, pl- I guess, all those spots, right, beside Derek, which Russ ain't going to care about you know, the Dak situation, the saints don't have a quarterback. Obviously the bears don't have a quarterback, but I, he's not consumed with this team's X number of dollars. Over you me. might he be right. He might
2: sh- just think Chicago's a great market. Dallas, that I'd be a star there. The saints we'd win. Yeah. Vegas, my wife's happy. Yeah. But they're were word combination, like none of them are the same, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like, uh, LA, New York, uh,
1: Chicago, I'd be like, okay, the Raiders, I get it. Yeah. But I, I think we all have in a weird way, like everyone likes different things. You know, I, about whatever you're interested in or whatever you want to pursue. Okay, what's Chicago? There's, well, Big there's city? an element of what's well, a huge city, and he goes, they got a good defense. I'm fucking an elite player. Yeah, great. I, I Saints, in that fairness easy, to him, right, Here's Sean where Peyton. I will defend him. Russ could be like, you could trade me to the Jags tomorrow. We're in the playoffs. Like, I'm one of the best. I'm a top two or three player but, in but this that's league. That's my point. If he really wants to get traded, then his list has to be more than four teams. Yeah, but a part of it, and it's already been pretty well established, the market matters to him, Right. Yes. Yeah. That's where I think the Saints, a little smaller market, but cool market, and he gets a sweet coach. That it, one's more like I can win
2: a Super Bowl there. Absolutely. That's about being in the Brady. That's about getting yeah. yourself in the that's about a legacy.
1: The the other three are I'm good enough to help these teams. We'll be sweet. And the market's gonna take me to superstardom, Which he's already a superstar. Yeah, like, I don't I think it's it's Vegas change. I think the Vegas thing's more about his wife. I agree. The Cowboys Pure brand. That one's Cap- no brainer. <laughs> the Bears kind of best of all the worlds. Russ is like, send me to McCarthy. That's a little weird. Yeah. But these are details you figure out later. I I, I am the most intrigued by the Raiders. I want to dive into that.
3: ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. when you get ButcherBox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize picks is America's number one fantasy sports app. Because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends, and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
2: This one makes the most sense to us. You and I immediately started texting about what the Raiders would have to offer. This was actually twofold. Makes a lot of sense for several reasons. One, right, John, the Raiders would have a quarterback the Saints, uh, the uh, Seahawks would want. Two, feels like Gruden would pay the most. But I guess once you start dangling Russ, a lot of people would play, pay a lot. So, what intrigues you most about Raiders, Seahawks, Russell Wilson trade partnership?
1: But I think like for example Carolina would pay a lot but he's got a no trade clause so if he's not interested in going there there's no they don't even get to seat at the table right him just putting the raiders Russell, on the right. line yep. is kind of unique right it's we just talked about some of these teams just being on that list is not nothing like that that's confirmed from his agent like that's his fucking list the raiders are on the list and, and there's me, not John eight Hurden, other teams there's just no, those four no it's four and and here's the other thing it's the only one that makes sense that could give them a quarterback back who's cheap And who gives them more wiggle room to me? Why the Cowboys make no sense. Their quarterback is, is $37 million. I heard on some podcast yesterday and he doesn't, he's got to sign him to a new contract. So he's going to want at minimum that money moving forward. That's crazy. John Snyder ain't doing that. Derek makes $22 million a year and he fits the the scheme. They would like him. Well, I just, well, what, who did they just hire? Part of that article is like Russ. He did get to interview the OCs. They hired the Rams OC Derek, to me, is tailor-made for the Shanahan offense, right? He would be really good in that. And and Pete's style of play. To me, how does this, if this is offered, how do they turn this down? Okay,
2: so before we get to the if, what the offer would be one other element that makes sense here for the Seahawks. The other three teams on the list are in the NFC. Not only the Raiders not in the NFC, they're in the Chiefs division. So if you're the Seahawks, I think, yeah, you're trading and away char- Russ. And Chargers. And the Chargers, thank you. Yeah, you're trading away Russ, but you're thinking – All right. Our goal is to be in the Super Bowl. And if we're in the Super Bowl in the next seven years, we're going to have to beat Mahomes anyway. So uh, maybe it's Russ that we'd have to beat, but that means Russ had to beat Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. So either way, worst case scenario, we're playing Mahomes. Anything less than Mahomes is not as bad. I think that helps you stomach the AFC relative to the NFC as well. That's what makes the Raiders also unique here.
1: Hard part to stomach, I think ideally you'd like to get him three hours away. It is pretty close to Seattle. I, I do think West Coast people, yeah, like the fan base, you would just watch. It'd be hard.
2: He'd be a star, right?
1: It, like in a way that even – he'd be a star. He'd be Vegas. It'd be I, it, a
2: big it, deal. People it would, would be,
1: feel different if he lived in Portland or Seattle and he was playing in Miami, right? You'd be totally. like, out of sight, out of mind. The yeah. Vegas thing would be kind of in your eyes a lot. It but would so would the like,
2: Cowboys. So would the
1: Saints. Yeah, I – Here's what the offer is. I think it's a no brainer. To me, we talked before about Derek being worth a one and a two. That gets thrown out the window a little bit when you're trading for the quarterback, right? Like you're paying $2 for a dollar to get Russell Wilson. Like to me, Derek is included in a deal with three first round picks and probably a second. It's a lot, but it's just like so they're first this year, their next two firsts. And Derek Carr and I don't think it's crazy for them to ask for like their first and their second this year. This but year. definitely three ones and Derek is probably the is gets me to pick up the phone. And then maybe I maybe I get the third this year or something, right? But I don't know if three ones and Derek just get it done.
2: I but I look, but I also
1: don't know how any of the other teams top that because Derek if I just view Derek and Dak as pretty well equals, Derek is dramatically cheaper and under contract. Yeah. Right? It's, it's an easy one for Seattle. Well, if you're Seattle, we and Seattle, we
2: know values picks based on their behavior less than some other teams would value picks. Right. So if you're the Raiders, that would not be my first offer, because if I'm the Raiders, to your point, you're saying I'm giving you Derek. Somebody else is going to give you an extra first. You you have no idea who that one is going to turn into. Maybe it turns into your quarterback when Pete's 72.
1: I don't know. Right, seventy three. Well, guys, you have no idea. He'd be the youngest seventy three year old ever. You've seen. We've stood by him. He's young. I'm pretty sure he's fifty eight. But so if you're the Raiders, your first offer would be. I think your first offer would be like Derek
2: and a one and a two. Now they're not taking that.
1: I mean, come on. I I your
2: offer can be whatever you want it to be. I know, but there is.
1: Okay, well, you own you, a million dollar home and you offer 500 grand. I, I mean, that's that's insulting.
2: Of course it's insulting. But Russell gets to control where he goes. And I've got Derek R. So whatever. Who don't get caught up in the offer? I'm saying the first offer would not be Derek and three ones and a two. But if I'm Seattle, it's a weird, it's a weird line to walk because I think I can get the most out of Gruden, probably. But I also, they've got this thing that that I that the other teams can't give me, which is Derek. So Ultimately, I don't think you can trade Russ for less than Derek and three ones. I think that's the minimum. Derek and two ones and a couple of twos, maybe, because Derek is valuable to you. But yeah, I I think it's Derek. I agree agree with what you said. That's fine. I'm just saying if I'm the Raiders, there's a whole – the element here of like there's a difference between Russ saying, oh, he would accept the trade publicly, but internally saying, "I, I need to get traded. Because that's the
1: world where you do offer them less than you want to give them. But here's the thing. Derek's had a nice career, and I think he viewed as having a good year. I can't... Derek is no lock to be a really good player for me if I'm Seattle. I'm hedging my bet. I think he's solid. But it could easily come and he'd be average, right? Look how... It took him years under Gruden just to feel this year like he's kind of got it going on again. I, I, I think his value in a vacuum to a team, if you're going to trade them, maybe they get a one and a three or whatever to the bear. Let's say Derek Carr is going to get traded. The bears would give their first and their third pick for him probably. But to me, if you're Seattle, given that I'm giving up Russell, I'm giving up such a powerful thing, a hall of fame quarterback in the prime of his career, who is on his work, who's just so much better than Derek. It's not even funny that Derek's value is diminished. When you factor him in as a trade, I'd say either for Deshaun or Russell. If you're just trading him straight to a team, his value is stronger.
2: Well, hold on. What would Russell... What would the Saints have to give then? Uh, Four ones. Okay, so then Derek, if you have to give three ones and Derek, then Derek's not diminished as a value, right?
1: Yeah, but I'm saying like they probably could get Derek a one and a two or a one and a three. Like a one and a three is way better than just a one, right? Yeah. I'm just saying if Russell's value is four ones, then three
2: ones and Derek... I do think that works because I do think, again, well, you told see, me I, I was th-
1: crazy for that, that offer, right?
2: No, I didn't say I agree with that offer. That's the offer. I texted you the same thing. I agree with that offer. But I you said if crazy. you're the Raiders, you'd offer a one, Derek,
1: and a two or something.
2: Yeah, I'm saying my first offer would be that. I'm not saying that's yeah. what my offer, like what I'm, I'm willing to pay. I'm just saying uh, when, when we get into bidding, I'm willing to go. Th- I think it would cost you three ones and Derek. I'm just saying my first offer would not be three ones and Derek because part of this is how do they value Derek? How little do they value picks and behind the
1: scenes? How much does Russell want to get traded? But he, here's, and I, this is where I think it's way different than every other trade that's happened. Probably I'd have to really, I mean, I don't, a player of this caliber never gets traded in the prime of his career. Uh, there's it's just like, Hey guys, if you want him, just know this, he's outrageously expensive. And I think him and Deshaun have the same thing going on. So it's like, don't even waste our time. Like that, like the Howie thing with Wentz was very complicated, and his value was down. The Stafford thing was kind of unique. This is like, listen, these four teams. Like if we if we were open to trade them, just know this: you got to pay, you know, an absolute boatload to even get us to think. Because at the end of the day, we don't have to trade them. And well, unlike Deshaun, but, he's not demanding, but I just think, but unlike Deshaun, the Texans want to keep the Texans have not even thought about life. Would, would the, if, the, if, if Pete Carroll called Gruden right now and said, Hey, listen, we will trade him to you by the end of the day. Here's the offer. No negotiating three ones, Derek Carr and your third this year is the deal done by the end of the day. Yes.
2: The Raiders do that deal.
1: That's what I'm saying. So it's like that the deal like well, that to me is probably We're not arguing. I'm not
2: arguing. We We agree. On what the price would be, we just disagree on what the first call would be. Because I yeah. do think you can waste the Seahawks' time. I absolutely think you can waste
1: their yeah, time. Yeah, see, I to me with a player, I I, I just don't, I think the Deshaun Seattle, like I think the offers starting are going to be outrageous. Just because it's like yeah, but a chance but, to get but them.
2: the market. Is, this is not the Deshaun. This you're is, right. It's there's limited. only four teams. Yeah, it's limited. Now I will admit, you shouldn't offer them. Okay, you're right. You shouldn't offer them Derek, and another one and a two. You should start. But I wouldn't start at what I would actually pay. Is my
1: point. I would start at whatever two two twos, two ones, and Derek. Let's yeah. let's start. Well, there. let's just hypothetically say they pulled the trigger on that two ones, two twos, and Derek. If you Seattle know fans would be like, "What the fuck?" The
2: Raiders would have won that trade, and you can't have it look like you won that trade when you're Seattle yeah. that you lost that trade. But again, I'm talking about me. Things. Like
1: I, I shouldn't even bring up what your first offer offered. Like the it one would thing with what? Deshaun, and the the other thing with with Russell. And I do this, and I'm just as guilty as like I love throwing in like a two or a three. Like to me, that's just like mac and cheese or mashed potatoes or whatever. Like people want filet mignon. It's, well, it has like, to hurt. T Yeah, it's it. To me, it's more ones. One. And then one thing good about Derek is like he can be justified as a one, right? He starts absolutely. A for you he, can be, he can be justified as more than a one. Yeah. Do you think anyone, if you were a Seattle fan? Three ones and Derek Carr. I'm still like, we just trade Russell Wilson. No, I don't think you can trade them and win if you're <laughs> Seattle other than if you win. And that's where I think they're different than Houston. They don't have any picks also. Remember? So that's, it's, it's kind of unique. It's not like they, cause I keep thinking in the back of my mind, well then they will be loaded with draft capital. Well, they traded it for uh, Jamal.
2: Oh yeah. So they need it back. So it's really, they're not going to end up with like all this extra stuff. No,
1: they're just going to end up with better After picks they than they would have had. Like the Raiders pick is better than theirs. Cause the Raiders went eight and eight or whatever, but that's where yeah. to me that the you know what it probably is you make us whole this year for Jamal a one and a two, we want your ones the next two years and Derek and the deal's done. I think at least if you're a Seattle fan that is a lot, but but a lot hinges it, I, as much no on are Good about trading. This is where the pressure goes on Derek. Derek gets to fly under the radar a little bit because he hasn't played really in meaningful games in five years. And, like, the moment he takes a snap for Seattle week one when 15 minutes is on the clock and the ball went out of bounds they're taking their first snap against whoever, the snap matters. And every fan and the coaching staff and the organization, they're viewing him through the prism of a Russell. So, like, he can't, he doesn't get to have, well, you know, it's the defense. It's like, you're just not fucking good enough. I think the pressure on Derek, that's what I'm talking about. Derek in a vacuum is worth that. But once you actually get him, is he good enough, like, can you just go ten and six against the Niners and the Rams? Like it just it. If I'm John Schneider for again, Derek fits the money and in theory, but I don't know, man. I can see I it going bad. Well, here's
2: the other thing you could do. But
1: I'd rather have Derek than Dak right for that money. So it.
2: Now their pick this year, the Cowboys' pick is see, better than the Raiders. Here's the thing you could do as we're just talking through this more part of that athletic article was they love Josh Allen. And as you said to me, like it felt like maybe if they were going to trade Russell for the Browns number one pick, they weren't going to take Baker. They're going to take Josh Allen. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, the other that's part of the what, ar-
1: that, that was an educated guess. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that's your theory. I'm giving you credit. Cause well, I think remember, it's a good theory. remember Russell was pissed off. They were at Josh Allen's uh, pro, day. pro day. Yep. <laughs> The
2: other thing the article says that they were going to draft Mahomes if he lasted until now, again, some of this, is you know, it's
1: hard to know how much that has a true. little Danny Ainge. I love Draymond green in the top 10. Exactly.
2: <laughs> but Dallas, 10. Has ten, Dallas has the, Dallas has the 10th pick. If you could get, if there's a quarterback and if you just like, if the Seahawks like we love Trey Lance or we love Justin Fields and we could get Dallas's tent and we could tell Dallas, you're going to give us a one and a two this year. And then, you know, three other ones. And, uh, that's and really then,
1: risky, though. You don't guarantee that you can get up to get a guy. like that's- No, I know.
2: I know. I'm just saying, like, I I wonder if they could. And then they would go, all right, we've got Dallas's. We've got 10. And we've got, um, what's what's Seattle's pick? No, well, they don't have their pick. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, they don't have picks. So, yeah, so they would have to trade. They would have to take, like, two of the ones Dallas gives them and use those to get up to, like, number two or number three, right? They'd have to guarantee themselves they get a quarterback. I'm just saying, I do wonder, maybe that's an alternative For them, if there's a guy they love, could they get?
1: I think that's almost a safer road than taking Derek and having not work out. Just be like, we went with a rookie that we loved, right? But you'd have to know that you get that rookie immediately. Like you, that's where Derek is the safer. You can't trade Russell without almost at least a bird in the hand, because you could never be. What if they got stuck in no man's land and all of a sudden like. Mariota's their fucking starting quarterback, and it's a disaster. They would you, well,
2: yeah. You or you just have to know, like, okay, the Jets have said they will take
1: <laughs> more
2: of our picks. Yeah, right. The Jets have said it too. They'll take. He 10, com- He complicates one.
1: for him a little bit if like he refuses to go to the Miami or the Jets because I would say if if one of those two teams was on the list. It, they would immediately No, no, drill. sorry. I just mean No, no, I know. I know, what know. You're they sent to Dallas and then they use
2: Dallas's pick,
1: yeah. I think if if Miami or the Jets were just an added team to that four team list, they would be way more I think the Raiders are by far the most realistic of the four, but if the Jets or Dolphins had been included and there were been five teams, they would fly by the Raiders, right? And it'd be like, "Well, if they love one of these quarterbacks, you just trade for the second or third pick and boom, you're you're off the, you know, you're at the gate." Yeah. What happened to the Jets? The Jets would make a lot of sense, right? Because you'd be like, well, they would just know they'd get the number one quarterback out of the next group of four if they loved one of them, which I think it's fair to say. Like, John Schneider's into some traits, right? Mahomes, Josh Allen, even if. And he's into scouting quarterbacks. But that's his job, right?
2: Well, no, I know. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. like. He's pretty good at it. It kind of feels like he thinks he can nail, you know, he wants to show that Russ wasn't an accident.
1: I'm pretty sure he was there when they drafted Aaron Rodgers in 07 he worked for the green bay packers did you like love that i'll give johnson credit like i mean uh, i think he's got a pretty Russell. good feel for quarterbacks right but
2: yeah but we don't know we just it's like uh, oh, based on what we think he would have done
1: which again it's based easy to go this is what i would have you know would have done five years yeah you later.
2: signed matt flynn he was going to be your quarterback until you got russ they
1: had tavoris jackson they, they had some crappy guys boynton but Wasn't in fair in fairness to this John Schneider was the guy, and Pete's been on record about this, that really went all of his chips in the middle of the table on the guy, right? He wanted yeah. to draft him rounds ahead. He he would have drafted him like the first round. It was Veach Mahomes. But even like I do think Andy was way more into Mahomes than even Pete. I wonder I do wonder if this gets back to Pete's never really been all in, right? Like did Pete like he just look at Pete when he took off a shirt for DK Metcalf. Look at some of the guys: Cam Chancellor, you you meet Richard Sherman. These guys are big. Michael Bennett, and some of their offensive guys: Marshawn Lynch. Look at some of his USC teams, right? Russell, you just see that team. They're they look a little differently now, but like in the peak, he's an outlier just size wise. Pete, like Josh Allen, I can see Pete like liking that. Pete wants Pete, Pete's like Nick Saban. He wants his team to be enormous.
2: Right, and then think about his style. His yeah, style is not ball. predicated on star quarterback. I I actually could see Derek Carr making a lot of sense for him. I think he does make a ton of sense for them. But like you said, you, it's it's part of it's got to be their evaluation is they believe that he's a great quarterback. Because if he's not, but even the great, could of, you just mean like a top? Like you just no, yes, yeah. to all top story. fifteen, yeah, top twelve. Let's call it top twelve quarterback, yeah. So, I mean, he's got to be
1: above solid, but they might think solid's good enough for us to win the division. I do think it'd be the one where Derek, he couldn't even really be that. Like, he got traded for a way better player, right? It's <laughs> no, like you what, can't be. Yeah. What deal would Gruden
2: say no to? Like, as we're talking about all the stuff Seattle would ask for, like... Would like, 3-1, 3-2s no
1: and Derek, right?
2: Yeah, I now that I'm thinking about it, like... Are we, would Seattle need to ask for more? Because if Gruden says yes immediately, then I'm not,
1: maybe I'm not asking for enough. What about this? 3 ones, Derek, Josh Jacobs. Pete likes running backs. Yeah, they do like running backs. I mean, I, I'm just would thinking. Would you do that if you're Gruden?
2: Yes. But I'm just thinking if I'm Gruden and I would say yes right away, then it doesn't hurt me
1: enough. It should hurt me too to acquire well, Russell. Well, guy, he once got traded for two ones and a million dollars. It's a great point. <laughs> So I just think he realized. I will not trade more than what I got. What does it even matter? All right. The 49ers, not
2: on Russell Wilson's trade list. Mm-hmm. Taxes. Uh, so John Lynch said this about Jimmy Garoppolo on the I Test for Two podcast. When asked, is there any doubt in your mind that Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback when you line up in September? His response was immediate. No, he said. Not at all. I really believe that. Do you really believe
1: that? I uh, I do not. Uh, as people have pointed out on social media channels, he said similar things last year about DeForest Buckner's "Everything We Want" in a forty nine er. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah, but I mean, they traded him. Except like expensive. It just, they're just yeah, it just I. I judge general managers, coaches. Like I, I listen. I, I have a life motto. I judge you on actions, not by your words. A lot of people, I'd say in two thousand twenty one, more than ever, have a bunch of opinions, and then they live their life completely different. And I think in public jobs, you can say you got to say it. I'd argue, don't say anything at all. Like, you didn't have to do this article. Little bit of a PR campaign going on right now. Propping Jimmy up. Uh, which, it does feel like they're making a conscious effort. And they didn't get Stafford. Honestly, it doesn't. Maybe they did a good job. I, I don't know how active they were in Stafford. I know they were sniffing around once Jared Goff got involved, maybe they just knew they didn't, it wasn't really going to be an option for them. Like they wanted Jared Goff more than they want Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever, right? So they just realized like, that's not going to happen. Uh, and they, they, th- they, when you draft 12 overall in this, we just talked about this with the the Raiders. And if you get a pick or Seattle, you trade Russell with picks, unless you draft really like one, you could argue even two, you don't control that many things in the draft. Like once upon a time, the Niners traded as crazy as this was, and at the time, you're like, why did, why did the Bears trade from two to three, or you know they jumped up one spot? Right. Well, because they were scared that someone else, whether it's true or not, was going to come to two. Now, and if somebody was, <laughs> luckiest day of their life, as unless, they gonna for, unless they were going to do it, unless <laughs> they were going to do it for like Mahomes or Deshaun. Unanswered prayers. Yeah. What if it was for Deshaun or Mahomes? That's true. Which probably not. But there was a lot of buzz at the time that teams were going to trade up for Trubisky. Well, who do you think was pushing a lot of that? Probably the Niners a little bit. Right. And this is where I think, you know, they often say this is lying season. Uh, I do believe that. You know, just or just don't say, like, I'll give Belichick credit. He never says shit. So when he does something, it's like, oh, Belichick just traded a guy or signed a guy. You never know. I do think in most teams, and in fairness, like a big part of John Lynch's job, uh, once the Harbaugh, Chip Kelly, all the... Tom Sula debacles happened. They needed someone. And Kyle's great at this too, but John's true role besides being the GM and being there for Kyle and drafting players. He is a great spokesman for the team, right? Everyone. Yeah, I think him. I would Everyone even just call him a
2: face of the franchise.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair. That's a great way to put it. And he, they, they like him doing this stuff and he can say the right things. I just, I put little to no stock into anything he says. On February 25th. <laughs> I, I, if, uh, if the draft had happened and they didn't draft a quarterback and he said this, I, I would 100% believe him. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say 90% yeah, depending on... I wouldn't your, go 100. Wouldn't go 100. Who knows what
2: else was out there? I got no problem that he said a week before Joe Staley retired. I'm not no calling out that Joe's one. The, the DeForest no, no, Buckner know. one. But I got no problem with him saying DeForest force everything we want. Because I again, I think it hurt them to trade him. They just they I, they felt like it's what they had to do. I, I believe DeForest Buckner's everything they want in a 49er. Doesn't mean you can't trade the guy, which obviously is true. Do you, like, do you not
1: believe that they meant they he's everything they want in a 49er? I think when you say something like that, you don't get rid of a player, especially when he's that good. Yeah, or
2: you're preparing people for, we're going to do something that hurts that we don't want to do, but we feel like we got to do it.
1: And at the time when he said that, I, I don't even think they hadn't even. They probably talked to the Colts at the combine, right? So, I mean, it might not even have been an option then. You don't even foresee someone trading you the 13th pick for DeForest Buckner. But, like, it just. I, this is my point. Words don't mean anything. Well, exactly. So, it, that's what I'm getting at is like,
2: I, I, I don't hold it against him that they said that. No, stuff I'm not in saying he's like a bad guy for saying that. I, I would just trade a him reminder. for pick 13 as well. But, yeah, absolutely. But hey, it's back it's to a to reminder every player has a price. But but it's fine because now that – like, there's Bill and there's everybody else. So Jimmy might have to be their quarterback. But I, sure. the Steeler – I mean, a lot of teams are a little more mum. Sure. Yeah, I, but the Niners were in a different place, right, when John Lynch and well, Kyle Shanahan just- took over – it was a mess and part of the job was we got to communicate they part of the deal is we wanted to communicate with people we want the community to feel like we're doing the right thing like that's part of this job which is not what bill's job is and certainly not what Tomlin's I, job I
1: is. I'd push back once you've established you guys are fucking pretty good it's overrated you don't need to do any of this shit <laughs> right well i don't think you ever have to do any of this stuff no. you don't have to do no, it from the they, beginning they, just they be did. good at, at i always the at this. the beginning they were going to be bad for a couple years it was well needed but and I think just, it comes natural to John. I, I'm not yeah, saying he's not good at I just think you can get yourself in these sticky situations where you, people come back. But, but I would
2: say back to you, I don't think it matters.
1: Like, well, it if does, you
2: trade Jimmy, it doesn't matter. So I don't even think it's that sticky for John. Like, John throws the blazer off and sits back at his desk and gets back to work. He doesn't think, like, oh, my God, I've backed myself in this Garoppolo corner now.
1: 100%. But you know, like, let's say they trade up to get Justin Fields. They trade Jimmy Garoppolo later that day or the next day. What's, like, everyone... Eh, I think Twitter is irrelevant, but like, it's just going to be social media, whatever. Facebook, YouTube, We're, you and I will be talking about it a little bit. I mean, it just, it's just, it will get discussed. Yeah, but it'll come back up. You agree gets,
2: there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it's part of why you get paid the
2: money is, hey, we got to, there's some things we got to do here and we got to play Jimmy while we also play the trade market while we also play the draft. And this is just part of, it's part of the job. I'm with you there is a way to go about it. Like Bill goes about it, but this is who the Niners want to be. They want to have John Lynch out there talking to people. Just like the Warriors want Bob Myers out there talking to people less this year. But, um, but this once is, you just, get a bunch of, once you get to a bunch of rings, you can be a little quieter. Right. That's true. That's true. I, I just, I, uh, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I get why they do it. I'm with you. 100%. And I think, mo- I think now most people have seen this enough, not from the Niners, just in general, I don't think anybody against them. My pushback would be, I, what I'm saying though is I don't think anybody reads that quote and goes, "All right, Jimmy's here everybody. I agree. Take,
1: pack up the trucks." I I think it's very I'd argue it's very very unfair to have anyone in his job and his role to give quotes in January or February about things that are hell even unforeseen to happen in March and April, right? Like I of course like I, I'm with you. He was not lying about DeForest Buckner. But you say these quotes, then you meet and talk with all these... A lot of things change. It's... Of all the leagues, it by far has the most turnover. And most things change. And a huge part of that is, well, you know, we actually didn't have any cap space. Now we cut four people. Now we have the cap space to trade for a player X. And maybe that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? They're just... There is not as much unknown, for example, as like in the NBA. Like most rosters are kind of set unless a player demands a trade, you know a guy's leaving or going. In the NFL... I could give you about 10 hypotheticals right now with the Niners to include different players or players, and they would be somewhat believable, right? I could, and I'm could. i and talking so about, many Kittle, puzzle pieces, Warner, yeah. you name it. Yeah. Nobody's like, if I told that. you the Packers, like, Aaron's like, I only want to get traded to the Niners, and I, I'd start throwing out some Kittle Warner names, it's like, yeah, they'd be on the table right. immediately.
2: Well, well, Deshaun. Deshaun's an example of that. It's been happening, right? Yeah. Like, it's if you told Kyle, to you can get Deshaun. He's yours. But... We have to be able to pick from the whole roster. We, we have to let us pick two players from the whole roster. Well, who do you we, think his favorite player is on the team? Who do I think Kyle's favorite player on the team is? Yeah. I mean, Kittle. I might say for a Bose. Oh, but yeah, for a I mean, I, I think you can make the case for any. We've talked about this before that Kyle has this. We think he loves defensive players, sometimes
1: more than offensive players. Yeah. Uh, it's probably one of those two. He probably views... Like- you get to play a little like uh, his helicopter dad, the right Disneyland dad. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like he's not totally with them, but he gets to kind of watch them. like, God, these guys are badass. But he doesn't deal with them every day in the meetings where it's like Jimmy sure. or Kittle's driving them nuts. You know? Well, also,
2: I think <laughs> defensive players, he needs them. He feels yeah. like he can scheme up any offensive player. He can't help Fred Warner. He For needs sure. Fred
1: Warner. Yeah,
2: and Bosa. And-, and Bosa, yeah. You're right. If you said, all right, Kyle, you can have one untouchable player, who do you get to protect? And the Texans can take two of anybody else. I do not think it would be Kittle. I think he'd protect one of the... De- I think he'd protect Fred Warner. That's a good call, actually. you yeah. would protect Fred over Bosa,
1: I think. He'd yeah. be one of those two guys, I think. Because he'd have to go, I can get it uh, tied in. But this is the point. like He would... You would never go. They would never trade. And this part of this PR campaign, he doesn't have to do that with Kittle, right? He's he's not going anywhere. Uh, Bosa's under contract. I do think the Jimmy thing, there is enough smoke out there with his locker room, the quarterback position. I don't think he'd have to do this with another position, this is a little more sensitive and I, I, I think they're the word I do. I think they're overcompensating a little bit for Jimmy. Cause I think a lot of people are shitting on him. And last year it kind of happened this year. It was quadrupled. And I think a lot of it was earned. Like I, I don't see that much criticism of Jimmy. Like didn't have that coming. And I criticism just of like the play, the dependability, is he good enough? Like, can you do this again? Like it's all, all to me, everything I read on Jimmy, and I don't pretend to be reading every article, but just, it all feels very justified right now. Right. And I think a lot of the haters last year pumped it out of their chest a little bit because they were somewhat validated, overrated. I guess the only defense was, well, he's not overrated. He didn't get to play. Well, it's like, well, he's in, that's part of Jimmy. Yeah. Yes, but I,
2: where, I would, where it's probably not totally overcompensating is that if he is their quarterback next year, are we going to go through the whole offseason without them trying to defend him at all? Even if we don't, even if we don't think he needs to be defended, which well, is your one, point. One,
1: one thing he said, I guess, was did he get an exclusive to Barrows? Barrows, good little pickup there. Is that uh, that next year they can't be in a position like this year, and they have to have a dependable backup? Well, you talking I, about he
2: did this podcast interview? Is what? Is oh, where that's the quote, what it, is where the quotes come from.
1: Yeah. Okay. Who do you, do you know who he did the podcast interview with? I just saw Barrows. I just uh, yeah. The I,
2: I test for two is
1: the name of the podcast. <laughs> That's that's a good get for the I test for two. I don't even know who these people are, but
2: uh, Clark Judge, who I know you've heard of, and Ira Kaufman,
1: they're both NFL writers. Oh, I, yeah, yeah Ira. You know. He's a Chris Russo uh, weekly in the football season. I like. Yeah, Ira. these guys. Sorry, I just, oh, they're ta- they're Tampa Bay guys. Okay, that makes Ira. So Ira's probably known John for 25 years. That makes sense. Here's the thing: the moment you say we need to get a dependable backup, that to me is a pretty big red flag. I'd argue <laughs> yeah. that. I'd argue that's more telling. Than him saying anything about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because that's basically saying we can't depend on our court. He's telling you everything you need to know. Which we already know. So this is the problem. Like I, These guys have to say stuff. For the most part now. Unless there's like tension. Like the Russell-Pete thing. There's tension there we don't know. But when it's just on the field stuff. I don't think you're going to trick a fan right now. Or or even people around the league. Like yeah of course I can't depend on. You know uh, Jimmy Garoppolo right now. They they would need they would be in the backup quarterback market if he's their quarterback like that. My mom would have a decent idea of that. Let alone other teams in the league. Let alone me, you, or anyone listening to this. Correct? Yeah. Like I I think that's I think everything he's saying like he's just saying pretty normal stuff. Not that and I but I, like I said I don't think words even matter. But he basically is telling you everything we already know. They're stuck with Jimmy right now. Obviously he's still the only quarterback on the team that's is any good. Who, or at least can function, and they need a better backup quarterback if Jimmy is their quarterback. He didn't say if Jimmy's their quarterback, when Jimmy's their quarterback. But that, to me, tells you, like, that's not ideal because that's not the way good teams talk about their starting quarterback who makes 20-plus million.
2: Yeah, you don't want to pay $7 million for a backup. It's it's part of what made, I thought, the season that Derek Carr had impressive in that the Raiders basically gave him a vote of unconfidence by spending a lot of money on Marcus Mariota. And the
1: Derek had a great year, right? Yeah. He kind of did the opposite of a Wentz. It's a little different with a second-round pick, but it had some similarities. A guy that had been a high pick, right? I mean, pretty famous guy, and Derek responded really well. Yeah. And you could argue that's why Derek, I think, has earned more credit around the league, where Jimmy... But it's also
2: clear the Raiders should have spent $10 million somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Derek only missed, uh, you know, three and a half quarters of a game all year. The difference is the Niners would have been way better off with Mariota, right? At least he might have given them a fighting chance in some of the games. Mm-hmm. They, looking back, they should have the $7 million backup, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And, then, and now think, they're in a position where they can't afford to spend $8 million on a backup quarterback. I'd argue most good teams, unless you have a rookie quarterback, it is not a good business proposition. I agree. It's sad to think like this, but it's just a simple reality in football. If you have a top, I'd say, 18 quarterback and he misses a large percentage of the season, your season is over. And I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan would say, yeah, we've had a front row seat to that twice.
2: Right. And their response would be, I'm glad you don't think it's good business for me to spend $8 million on a backup. But if I don't, and then Jimmy gets hurt again, we're going to be like, well, at least we did good business this year, right? (laughs) We didn't spend $8 million on a backup. We'd be like, no, how did you not see this coming? Because they're not in total control as to whether or not Jimmy's their quarterback next year. They have to have another quarterback to replace him with. They'd have to have Right. Either then you trade or cut Jimmy, but you have to have the other quarterback before.
1: And I'd argue even if he does stay, they're not in total control if he can just play a lot, because as we've seen, he just gets hurt. Well, in exactly. Weird moments. It
2: might actually make sense to sign a guy because, you know, you might need him because you're probably going to have to do that before the draft anyway. And then if you draft a quarterback, your backups are making eight million. But whatever. You've got a rookie quarterback on your roster.
1: You agree like seven, eight million dollars for them would be a pretty big hit for a backup quarterback. Yeah. Your quarterback makes 22. Yep. I do that- wholeheartedly agree. That would be that would reflect their situation is not ideal, and it's not even their. It's the best thing that could
2: happen is that they waste eight million dollars on a backup, and that scenario the guy never plays.
1: Yeah. So you went well. We shouldn't have done it in retrospect, but how will we know? Yeah, it's where Jimmy does limit their ability because you're right. What are you going to tell the fans? Well, we just, well, we, we, we needed that extra pass rusher. Well, as we've seen, none of it matters when you're starting quarterbacks out. None of it. Matters.
2: Here's what makes it awful. You don't get the benefit of having a 22 and 23, 24 million dollar quarterback instead of a 32 million dollar quarterback. No, part it of the basically is the same. Part of the Jimmy contract is like, yeah, but if he's
1: solid, it's value, even though it's expensive, but it's QB value. You but basically if, have a 31 million dollar quarterback immediately or whatever. Yeah.
2: So, anyway, John, we understand it. John Lynch. that is All right, checking in on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft, John. A trade for the Niners. He has them moving up to number seven by trading number 12 and their second-round pick, number 43, to the Detroit Lions. Drafting Justin Fields. It's two parts. Can you get Fields at seven? Would the Lions do that deal? Would the Niners want to do that deal? So maybe there's three parts.
1: What do you think? Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> We need Caliendo. Uh, listen, I you, you know where I stand on this. I'm taking a swing, and I want the 49ers to take a swing with a talented quarterback in this draft. And there have been connections to Kyle and Justin Fields. Kyle has this Shanahan quarterback camp that LaFleur's and the McVeigh's, and they've all been there, and Justin Fields attended, so he knows the guy. Now he's not some finished product. He's kind of raw. As Kyle mentioned this year, he's into some. He saw a raw product turn into a star. He Kicked his ass this year, Josh Allen. This guy is way more accomplished. And as we talked about on Wednesday, it's pretty nuts that it's actually I think pretty cool that the rivals' number one and two players in the country three years ago were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like that's I feel pretty good if I'm making those rankings, right? If, like Justin Fields might not go second in the draft, but if he's a top ten pick, that's all you can ask for. Uh, like that does that means something to me. Uh, and I just, one thing that's going to happen though, in texting with some people, and it's just the way the league works. If you want to trade from 12, you know, to six or seven, let's use the Eagles or use the Lions, they deserve to get a buck 30 on their pit, you know, like a dollar 30, a dollar 40 for that dollar. And so the, the trade value chart would say, you know, a one and a two would probably equal pretty damn close. Yep. To me, if I'm the Lions, I, I I don't think it's insane to go, can we get your one and your two and your two next year? Yeah. I, and You might be like, oh, hell no. Well, do you end up your one, your two, and your three next year? Because we've seen before, if Kyle, if you believe this, your franchise quarterback, would Andy Reid, or it's kind of weird saying this guy's name, Bill O'Brien, who just hit me the other day, like, God, that guy's a coordinator at Alabama. Would they have done the deal for their quarterbacks, their one and their second, or whatever they did to move up that that year, and a next year's third round pick. Of course, they would have. Looking back, right? Remember, we thought it was so crazy. And this is also it's it's weird when you look back. But when the Cardinals traded with the Raiders to go from 15 to 10, and the Raiders only got a third round pick, it's like you know they're coming for a quarterback. Just tell them no. You get, get you should have got more than that.
2: Yeah, that remember? that yes, absolutely, and that's the key, right? Is like part of doing that deal. If you're Detroit, is if you think they're coming for. It, Actually, let me phrase it this way: If we're looking at the deal from the outside, and, and the Niners move up and take a left tackle, you wouldn't think anything. Or if they move up and take a linebacker, you wouldn't think anything of. We gave you twelve, and our two will move up, and we'll call it even. Because you're
1: right; that is basically what the draft value chart says. 43. I would I would make them tell me who they're taking. If I'll do the when deal, you know it's a quarterback, it
2: feels time. like you should be getting more. Because if yeah. if here's what here's what I know: if they drafted Justin Fields and then the Niners the Lions at seven. And the Niners said, We want Justin Fields. The Lions said, Okay, what do you give us? And the Niners said, oh, We'll give you 12 and 43. We'd go, Wait, they just traded Justin Fields for
1: 12 and 43? It wouldn't yeah. feel like enough, right? So I think. You're it, saying if they could do like NBA level trades?
2: Yeah, if they just had Justin Fields and then it was, You're trading yeah. Justin Fields. What are you trading him for? For sure. 12 and 43?
1: Um, so I agree with you, even though
2: I think you'd have to throw a little something extra in, but it's not. It's it's not prohibitive. We're not talking about like another one here, right? Agreed. I don't think it's we not are. that far. Yeah like, no, not. Close, not. My, yeah, like I think Mel's close is my is the point.
1: Like I think Mel's pretty close. I do think sometimes I like when tw- it, twenty to seven would get expensive,
2: right? Because you're twenty, it's I'm not looking at that like a one. If I'm giving you seven, yeah,
1: the, the Niners are lucky in the sense that they sucked enough, and their quarterbacks fucked them in so many games. Could have sucked a little more, but. We're able to suck enough to be high enough to be in the conversation because I think if we would if they had gone eight and eight and still missed the playoffs, right? And we were talking to them at like eighteen, nineteen, the conversations would be a little different. It would hurt. This doesn't hurt as much because you're pretty close. And I think you start going if you're the Lions, these quarterbacks are moving good players down. We're going to get a left tackle at twelve, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? We feel pretty good about it, especially when we know the Niners are pushing another guy down. The other part of any mock draft—that's why I got to know if I'm if I'm if I'm meathead Dan and Spielman. <laughs> you have to tell me the player if I'm going to agree to the deal. That happens sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. Like we refuse to tell you we're not taking your player, but I, I couldn't even guarantee that your player is going to be there at twelve. Yeah, right?
2: see, that's where it doesn't help you if you're the Lions. Like you'd want to know just for the price. Where it's the Niners and the and the Bears flip-flopping two and three. Well, yeah, the Niners would want to know that you're not taking Solomon Thomas. But yeah. They didn't even, they just kind of told them, We're not taking your guy, or you're not going to want who we are taking, right? Was basically what they told them. True.
1: The other part of any mock draft is I I do think the Lions, let's say they were dead set on taking an offensive lineman right now. Let's say somehow like Panay Sewell was there, and they're like, Listen, if you're trading up to get Panay Sewell, we'll just take him here. Now, this, we need these extra picks, and we're willing to take another tackle there. You have to tell us you're not taking that guy or whatever, right? Yeah. That would work,
2: but you're right. Like even then, you—that's where you would love to be able to. If you were Detroit, ideally, what you would do is you would take the guy the Niners want, make sure. But then it's hard, and then you're stuck with them if your guy, the guy you want, isn't there. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say the other part of a mock draft is part of it is just hey, here's some fun ideas. Mel kuyper has been doing the draft since uh, the beginning of the draft. Yeah. Part of this is is this Mel just having some fun or is this Mel saying, I think the Niners kind of like Justin Fields? That's what I would ask Mel I'd if d- he were here right now.
1: I'd say he's been here long enough to, I, I wouldn't just say it feels random, right? Doesn't I don't feel think random. he's just pulling things out randomly and, and placing them on the board. Yeah. Right? Mel's not getting off
2: the lake, spending an hour and a half drinking a lemonade, doing a mock draft and getting back on the lake.
1: When you say how long's Mel been doing the draft, you know what I think of? That 30 for 30 on the uh, Marino draft and the Elway draft and remember the Colts uh, owner was like talking shit or the GM about Mel like who's this guy I think he is that was 1983 that was before you and me were alive and he's still pumping out mock drafts in 2021 Legend. so I think it speaks to this guy knows a lot of freaking people and knows a lot of things when it comes to this when I think the NFL draft one of the first people I think of is Mel Kuyper so I it excites me to know that maybe there is some validity to this not just me kind of Placing, oh, they were together at a camp, and I bet Kyle kind of likes them. But that's something, too. Yeah. That's something, too. Uh,
2: And then the other part of it is, you know, Justin Fields has to be available at 7 for this trade
1: to work, right? He has to get past the Eagles. They're they're a wild card at 6. I'm confident they're not, though some people, it's so early in the process, it's hard to know. You're confident they're not going to take a quarterback or that they wouldn't trade back? I'm confident right now that they're not pulling the trigger on a quarterback. So They're more likely to take Panay Sewell, more likely to take Jamar Chase, more likely to take Kyle Pitts, more likely to do something like yeah. that, a pat, whatever, and just give Jalen Hurts his year and then figure it out from there. But I think you could easily justify how often are the Eagles picking the top six, probably rarely in, their, in the last two decades, where you just go, how often do you pass on an opportunity like this? Yeah,
2: I think I'm in the minority where I don't care that they drafted Jalen Hurts last year in the second round if they think – the guy that's available to them at six is a better prospect and a better player than I wouldn't worry about the fact that people are going to give me shit. Cause I drafted a quarterback last year, but I, but
1: you, you might not honestly, you might be the majority. I, you think? I think most people think Jalen Hurts isn't that good.
2: Uh, I'm just, but I think people the Eagles have said that. Yeah. Well, I, I would totally understand if they said, we just took this guy. We don't really quite know what we have. We think it might be good. So we're not going to draft a quarterback at six. That makes sense. I'm just, I wouldn't let the fact that you took him prevent you from taking a better player. If you think he's a better player, that's all. Um, That's usually the right way to do business. We'll update this uh, every time we talk about Justin Fields. As of today, do you think Justin Fields lasts to seven?
1: Yes. I I think sometimes the quarterbacks get overrated how high they're going to go. I also think we have two major... And we're going to talk about this until we can't talk about it anymore. We have two major wild cards at pick two and three. I mean, we got Tonga Bailoa, which... Are they, it's not, I mean, they just took the guy fifth. It's not out of the realm of possibility. They just take Jamar Chase there and roll it back. Yeah. Right? Yep. And it is definitely not out of the realm of possibility that the fucking Jets just roll with Sam Darnold and take an offensive lineman there. Right? Those easily three straight players could go. Trevor Lawrence, I'm pretty sure the Bengals are drafting four. Yeah. So you could have three straight players go. Then you could do Sorry, you Atlanta's feel, four, or Bengals are five. Okay, and Atlanta's got Matty Ice. They easily could just take a deep breath this year, take a sweet player, and just it could push it down really fast. Yep. You've got. Because I I think it is a pretty big risk when you're a five year contract, new coach, new GM. Unless it's a no brainer, it it does feel like they don't usually take quarterbacks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to do like a deep dive
2: on that one. But I think it makes sense unless you don't, unless you love a guy and you think this is our shot. You don't do yeah. it just to do it right there it speeds your clock up it's just it can,
1: especially it's when you have an like two or three years left yeah yeah
2: although it feels like maybe one year and then he's tradable or cuttable or whatever I have to go but I'm saying what if
1: contract. he's just good for you yeah. like
2: what if he's fine you can just compete with him you can win eight games and then win nine games and you get a contract extension and you're just this is this is living
1: yeah 100 uh I mean you'd say right but if the other if the other two guys are not traded I think there are going to be players drafted two, three, five. Like it just, it's pretty clear, right? That it could get pushed back, pushed down. I think the Jets draft a quarterback. Unless they keep Sam Donald. Well, yeah,
2: I just, uh, my bet right now is that Sam Donald's not the Jets quarterback
1: next year. Which we will know, you know, that trade will happen in the next three weeks. The moment that happens, then I think we get more clarity. Right. But even then, right. it's like, no, Justin Fields is not viewed as the number two quarterback right now. So No, but I'm saying then we just know we start going well. Yeah. He's just kind of on the board by himself. That gets a little risky. Darnold could be on the Niners by then. It's not out of the realm of possibility okay. that Justin Fields goes above Sam Darnold. All right, Zach I mean, Wilson. Uh, Zach yeah. Wilson. No, it's, you're right.
2: Long way to go. Long way to go. Long way. All right, on that note, uh, look for a mailbag coming Perhaps soon. Look for maybe a live. We could commit to it now if we wanted, but we'd like to be. Yeah, no, it's a great like part of the internet. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. we'll be around a, lot, a YouTube stream maybe on uh, Friday morning. See how we feel. See if middlecuff has got another golf uh, lesson or something
1: coming up. So yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> okay, later. Later.